Uh, as you would know, one of my passions in life is the exciting work of statistics. Um, so here's some statistics. The last 10 years, you're boring. Um, <laughs> I heard that. <laughs> last 10 years, we've had 500, over 500 Sunday services. Whew, that's a lot. We've had over $1.5 million in offerings and donations. I know, now that you think about it, right? Um, we've had over 100 members. We've had over 1,000 different people that have walked through the doors of our church. That's, a, that's an estimate. That's, a, that's a, an educated estimate. That's not just me going, there's a, you know, we had 5 million people online. We know... <laughs> to the 5 million people. It keeps growing our online presence, right? We used to say it was 2 million and now it's 5 million. So, <laughs> thank you. Um, we've had 38 baptisms. And this today we'll make it 41. Um, and we've had over 100 people complete the gospel class. And I do really ask, if you've not done the gospel class, it's not, the gospel class is not um, what does our church believe? The gospel class is what does the Bible believe? And that is, that, that's across every Christian church. And so, yeah, if you've not done that, it's a great opportunity to do it. We've got some great leaders that are leading it this time. I'm not going not to surprise, not ruin the surprise, but uh, yeah, it's going to be great. So over 100 people that have done the gospel class. <clears throat> Ten years ago, we started with sort of 30 to 40 people in our very first service, and then since then, we expanded to two campuses, um, to Build and then Chatswood, um, and then uh, our most recent move a few years ago was to close our Chatswood campus and move everything and everyone to Burwood. Since we started, our regular attendance has doubled in number. Um, over the last 10 years, we've been blessed and we've actually seen and sent off many of our friends who are part of our church community um, overseas to other churches to get married, and, and, and people have left as well. Um, that's the nature of church. But I guess if we, if we look at it from a macro perspective, it's been a great journey. And last night was a celebration of that journey, and you know the big message of last night was that every single person um, that was there, and every single person even here has been a part of that journey, and we're very grateful for that. I wonder if we just take a moment today as we celebrate 10 years, and if we were to really go from the macro down to right to the specifics, and we were to ask ourselves, what was the most important thing? Out of 10 years, out of all the things that we've done, what was the most important thing that we've engaged in in the last 10 years? I think sometimes when we get into the week-to-week, the day-to-day grind of church, and sometimes it does feel like that, sometimes we can forget the why. Sometimes we can forget why we turn up, why we do what we do. Sometimes we can lose sight of what is of first importance. And that's what today's sermon is titled, Of First Importance. In Mark 12, we see a man engage with Jesus and ask the same question. And the question was this. Jesus, out of all the commandments in the Bible, out of all the advice, the wisdom in the Bible, what is the most important one? 
What is the most important command that we are to obey and follow? And we see Jesus' response in Mark 12, verse 29 to 31. And it reads this, The most important one answered Jesus is this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord with your love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. And the second is this love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Out of every commandment in the Bible, the most important is summarized into these two phrases love God. And love each other. Now what's interesting is, a lot of times when we preach through this passage, that's where we stop. But actually there's more to this conversation. And the man who hears this from Jesus responds in verse 32. He says, well said, teacher. Interesting, saying that to Jesus. Well said, teacher, the man replied. You are right in saying that God is one and there is no other but him. To love Him with all your heart and with all your understanding and with all your strength and to love your neighbor as yourself is more important than all burnt offerings and sacrifices. Is more important than all burnt offerings and sacrifices. And verse 34, when Jesus saw what He had answered, saw that He had answered wisely, He said to him, you are not far from the kingdom of God. God. So the man asked Jesus, what's the most important thing I need to know about following you? About obeying God. And Jesus says, love God, love your neighbor. And what's amazing is this man, he gets it. He gets it. He gets what Jesus says and says, you know what? You are, you are right on the money. To love God with everything, our hearts, our understanding, and our strength to love our neighbor as yourself is what? More important than all burnt offerings and sacrifices. It's more important that we love God with our hearts, minds, our hands. That is more important than what we do, what we bring. Can I tell you, friends, in the last 10 years, regardless of the number of service that we have, services that you have attended, the offering that you have given, the service that, that, that has been given in our church, if our love for God, if our love for God and if our love for each other has not grown, then we have missed the main thing. We have missed what is of first importance and we have pursued what is Maybe second or third. We have done the second best thing, but maybe not the first. I think at this point, as we celebrate 10 years, and what a great celebration it is. And we really celebrate every year because the, the principle is, well, there's no guarantee of next. And, and hand on heart. Every year we celebrate because there is no guarantee that next year we're going to have an 11th year anniversary. Of course, there's no plans to close or anything like that, but we just don't know, right? So we celebrate it. But I think the most important thing as we celebrate 10 years is not to be like, look what we've done, look what we've done, look what we've done. But it's to go, look how much 
our love for God has grown. Look how much our love for each other has grown. It's a reminder today of what is of first importance. That we would be a community that exists to love God. To love God. And to love people. To love each other. I have seen in the last 10 years, I have, been, uh, I have had the privilege to pastor our community and I've had the front row seat to see people's lives change because of these two things. Because of their love for God and because of their love for each other. I have seen people's lives change and, and they tell me and I ask them, hey, what has been the highlight for you? And they just say, well, just what God's done in my life. And the other one is what this person did for me. There is so many stories. We could, we could be here all day. Talk about the stories of how people have sacrificed for each other, loved each other. Last night, we saw an example of that with the setup and the pack down. It's not about the burnt offerings and the sacrifices. It's about how much our hearts are full of love for God and for each other. That is... That is of first importance. And so we, we, we jump to another story. Jesus, as, as, as his time on earth comes to an end, he speaks to his disciples, his followers for the last time. And we see this in the book of Matthew. And one of the things that you need to understand is, if this is the last time that I'm going to have a conversation with you, I'm not going to ask you trivial things. I'm not going to ask you things that don't matter. I'm going to talk to you things about the things that are important. I'm going to talk to you things about uh, the things that really matter, right? If, if this is my last conversation with you, I'm not going to talk to you about how it's raining or sunny. That doesn't matter. So when Jesus talks to his disciples who he's been with for the last three years, you know what he's going to talk about is going to be of importance. And this is what Jesus says in Matthew 28, 18. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority on heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Jesus leaves his disciples with what we now know as the Great Commission. If the great commandment was to love God and to love people, the great commission, meaning the great job that he leaves all his disciples, is this. Go and find people and help them to love me and to love each other, to become a disciple of Jesus. Friends, this was not just for the disciples of Jesus then, but it's, it's, it's a mission for the disciples of Jesus today. That's you and I. Our job is to love God and love people. And our job is to help others to do the same. That's what our job is. That's why we exist. It's not for our happiness or our comfort or our pleasure. But this short time on earth that we have, and it is a short period of time, we are called to live with the purpose that God has given to us. Uh, recently, we uh, in, in, in the Christian community, a very well-known pastor and author, Timothy Keller, uh, passed away after a battle um, with cancer. I think he, he had cancer for three, four years and then um, 
about a month ago, he passed away. And it's really interesting when you start thinking and talking about death. And, you know, we don't really like talking about death, right? Like, no one turns up and goes, hey, ready to die? You know, like, it's not, it's not you don't wake up going, hey, I, I, I feel like today could be a good day to die. You know, like, we don't do that. Right? Death is something that we don't want to think about. And yet, death is one of the greatest teachers of how to live our lives. One of the things that I got taught years and years ago around death is when you die, and whether you get buried or whether you get cremated, let's say you get buried and you've got this tombstone, right? It's got, you know, there's a few things that are on every tombstone. It's got your name and it might have a phrase like, you know, loving father, loving son, you know, whatnot, right? And then it's got three really important things. It's got the date that you were born. It's got the date that you died. And in between, it's got what? A dash. A dash. Can I tell you, friends, when you die, your whole life, your whole life, everything that you've done is summarized in that little dash. You know, we think, you know, we, we think so grand of our lives. We need to achieve this and we need to achieve this and we need to do this. But friends, when you die, all you have left is that dash between the day, the day you were born and the day you die. It's just a dash. And the question is this. How will you live out? How will you live out that little dash? I think the problem is our, our perspective on life is that we think that our lives are not a little dash but are a huge dash. And we forget that we live in eternity, and when we consider eternity, our lives are literally just a dash. And, and that's, not to, that's not to take away the importance of your life. No, your life is very important. But I think it's to ask the question, how do you want to live your life? And I think the challenge today, as we celebrate 10 years, is this. Are you going to live your life chasing after second important things? Are you going to live your life chasing after things that actually when you die mean nothing to you? Or will you follow and obey Jesus, the great commandment that he gives to love God, to love people, to make a difference not just in your life but in others, and to have an eternity where you can live out the rest of that consequence? One of my favorite movies is The Gladiator. I don't know, I've heard this before. Someone once said, Russell Crowe, Steve Char, very similar. You know, just personality-wise. Maybe not looks. You know, he's got a potty mouth. That might be the same. One of the things that Gladiator, at the beginning of the movie, he says this. He says, friends, what you do in this life will echo in eternity. Now, if you don't believe in God, then you don't believe that. You don't believe in eternity. You believe when you die, you die, and that's it. And it's like, well, okay, that's a bit sad. But as believers, we believe. That actually, as we die in this earth, it's, our life on this earth is just a chapter. It's just a little piece of eternity. And actually, the decisions you make, the decision, the one decision that you need to make, where you stand with God, will echo into eternity. That is of first importance. Baptism is an outward sign of the decision an individual makes 
to become a disciple of Jesus. When we witness baptism, we are witnessing a life that has been transformed by the grace of God and their declaration that Jesus is their Lord, that I'm going to live for Jesus. And so we thought it'd be great on our 10th year anniversary as we remember what is of first importance to celebrate baptism. And today we're going to be celebrating the baptism of three of our family. Um, And each of them will come and share their testimony of their story, how they came about making this decision. And so I'll invite them one by one. So we have Ben and we have Kui. Oh, no. Yeah, Kui. And then we have Chris. So Ben's going to come first. So let's welcome Ben up. This is my second son, Ben. This is the hat that I bought him. Okay, Ben, slow. Not like you practiced yesterday. Slow. Gets excited. Hi, I'm Ben Shaw. Son of Pastor Steve, I am 12 years old and the second son of five. Back when I was five or six, being at church meant that I could muck around and just knowing God would make me a Christian. It's completely different now. Now I have realized that being a Christian means to trust the Lord with all your heart, soul, and strength. Also to love Him more than anything else. When did I first commit my life to God? Around January 2022, I had a five-day, four-night camp called Summer Camp. Summer Camp was ran by my youth called Not Life Youth. We got, <clears throat> we got in and stuck straight into it. We had a diet battle where we just threw diet at each other. The next day, I met my leaders, Tom and Johan. Both of them were around their 20s, Tom being around six foot two and Johan being around the same height as uh, Pastor James. <laughs> Both of them were really nice. Our series was called Better By Far. It was about Jesus being, well, better by far. The talks were about how Jesus was our anchor and he was our three-legged stool. The last night, we gathered in a huge circle and we did a popcorn prayer or a continuous prayer. And at the end, the leader of summer camp, Julie, said to all of us, think in your head, do you want to commit to Christ? In my head, my mind said, you're ready. And summer camp has really helped. I know you love Jesus and that you trust the Lord. I felt as if nothing were behind me. It was just God and Jesus. As Julie prayed for all of us, who had committed their life to Jesus, including me. I knew that my life would change after this. Around night in my cabin, I said to myself, in my normal voice, I believe that Jesus is my Lord and Savior. And here I am, minutes away from publicly declaring that I believe that Jesus is my Lord and Savior. Why did I commit my life to Christ? There are two reasons I committed to Christ. First of all, I felt as if it was the right thing to do. If you just do things that a Christian would normally do, so you don't perish. You're not necessarily a Christian. God tells us to spread the word as the disciples did. If you want to be a Christian, you should not fear God, like literally, like the scared one. And not think, I don't like this guy. I just don't want to be, I just want to be a Christian, so I don't go to hell. If you think this, you're wrong. Being a Christian means to trust God in all situations. When your boss calls you in or when you're in your last death. Breath. Thanks to Christ, I basically don't fear death. But to be honest, I still do. Everybody does. But I stop fearing death when I hear this verse. Philippians chapter one, verse 21. For to me to to live is Christ and to die is gain. 
When I first heard this verse, I thought I should always keep this verse in mind. Back then, I thought, huh, cool verse. Makes me a little scared of death. But now, this, I read this verse, and I laugh at cancer, COVID-19 and death. This verse makes me feel invincible. It makes me feel as if God is behind me, destroying every demon, sickness, and my fear of death. Now I basically don't fear death. This made me really want to commit to Christ. But there was a little bit of me that was thinking, am I ready? I didn't even know what I was not ready for. That thought stuck in my head until one day, my mom went to me and asked, hey, when are you gonna get baptized? <laughs> I had no idea what to say. I just said, I'm, I'm unsure in hopes of ending the conversation. It didn't work. My mom kept questioning me and I didn't, I responded with, I don't know. Eventually, like two weeks later, I was in a car with my dad and he asked me, hey, when are you gonna get baptized? This time I responded with, I don't know. I don't know if I'm ready. Then I said, maybe talking to my youth leaders would be a good idea. He thought it was a good idea too. So eventually I talked to my son, youth leader, Sung Wu, and he, and he said, I believe you are ready. My second reason I decided to commit my life to Christ was because he loved us first. There was a feeling I once felt. It was the feeling of no one loving you. Honestly, some of us have experienced this feeling. It is a truly horrible feeling, but this feeling itself is wrong. There is always one person who loves you, God. No matter what, he will always love you because he made you. This thought process was going through my head and I realized I don't love God that much. I, re I realized I didn't read his word on a daily basis and prayed to him. Thankfully, I began to read the Bible more often and began to pray. I feel the message you should take away from this testimony is it is never too early or too late to get baptized. Baptism is just a public declaration that you are Christian. Hard. It's hard being the preacher's kid, eh? I didn't know we talk like that, Ben. <laughs> hey. <laughs> All right, where's Queer? I'm going to invite Queer up. Let's welcome Queer. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Oh, so, so many people. <laughs> yeah. uh, so my name is Kui, and today I would love to share about my testimony and my journey of faith uh, to God and how I met Jesus. Um, so I was born in a family of four, and I am the youngest. So my parents, they were teachers, so they very strict on me. Um, so I was a very obedient girl. I just following um, whatever they did, like worshiping ancestors, um, going to temples. Um, I just a little bit about myself. I am living, I was living in Vietnam, so Buddhism is like a very big thing in my home country. So everybody does that, and I followed my parents just to please them. And, but actually, in all of the paperwork, I declared myself as an atheist. I just trust no one. I just trust myself. I prided myself of um, being able to 
depend on myself, make a decision. Um, and I, doing, I was doing well, I got a good job. I was doing well at school. I was surrounded by friends who like share the same belief and mindset. So it was fine until, yeah, I failed. Um, so I just compared myself with others and I get lost. Um, and, and people hurt me and I hurt people who I trust. Um, it's painful, it's painful process. And then it's when I, um, I search for something or someone that can make me feel comfort and make me feel uh, good about myself. Maybe I can lie about myself, someone that I'm not. Um, and then, yeah, basically money, pride, career, something good in life can bring me happiness. Um, but you guys know it's not eternally, it's temporarily. And I just, I was in that circle and I, I'm clueless. I don't know how to get out of that circle. Um, when I get stressed about work, I just go drinking, have fun. But after that, it's just me, myself. And I, I don't know what to do in my life anymore. And then, well, until I met a guy named Christopher Lam, who is now my beloved husband. He's sitting there. Um, so I just randomly bumped into him, and he's the very first Christian that I've known in my life. And we talk a lot, um, but whenever it came into religion, we had so many arguments, like, oh, your belief is this, I believe in this. Like, yeah, we just have so many arguments. But I, um, I, I, I was so curious as well, like, how come a man who to me is so talented, to me, so talented, <laughs> so loving, caring to me. Um, and he's so independent as well. He can make decisions for himself. He's so good, right, to me. But he still surrender in front of Jesus. Who is Jesus that he has to surrender and share with me his compassionate love? to him, to Jesus. And out of curiosity, I went to a church, a local church in my home, hometown. Um, it was very fun that um, it's totally opposite to what I imagine of a church. People there, they wear normal clothes. There's normal human being there. <laughs> They're so friendly as well. They're not mysterious as what I saw in the movies or like, yeah. They are normal and they're so friendly. They welcomed me. I just feel like home there. And I vividly remember that for the first few months when I went to the church, I just couldn't help myself but burst it into tears because whenever I listened to God's words through worship songs or, or sermons, I don't know, I just couldn't keep myself calm. And also, on the way, go to work and back home on a scooter, riding around. I just keep talking to God, to someone that I know that out there and, and know me, even I, better than I know myself, and love me, and understand my situations, and listen to me, 
just basically have someone out there who can listen to me as a friend, as a father, as someone that I can trust, that someone that I can, can be myself, that I don't need to pretend to be someone else better in life. And that feeling was really good. I don't have a specific moment that, hey, um, this is the time that I committed to God. But during that period of time, on a scooter, on that road, back home and work, between home and work, I just feel accepted by God and I feel the love of Him for me. And who else on earth that can die for me, just a normal human being? Even though I'm not deserved to have it or He didn't have to, but He still did it for me. And that to me is an unconditional love that no one can give me besides Jesus. And uh, yeah, um, well, then I began to listen to sermons, uh, reading the Bibles, learn how to pray and learn how to talk to God and begin to understand and experience the depth of God's love to me. Um, and yeah, Jesus to me is the light, the ways, the truth. And um, my perspective in life shifted as well. I began to see the world through the lens of gratitude, joy, peace, and mercy. Um, and even though I accepted Jesus, I still feel struggle sometimes because there's so many things for me to learn about Him and to know Him more and to connect to Him. But now I know that I can always turn to God to ask for advice, to ask for help, to ask for, uh, to be with me all the time. And the more I know about Jesus, the clearer I see how amazing God is in each and every one of us. Like he's just be there with me and with you guys every single moment every single second and it's so great to have someone next to you i'm so grateful for the journey that led me to him i'm so grateful for have a chance to know about jesus and today i really want to commit myself to god um and i've i committed myself to following his word to be able to share his love to others and be able to be a good christian Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Queen. And then I'll invite Chris, the uh, the beloved husband. He's good to all of us too, not just to you, Queen. But uh... hey, everyone. Um, so I'm, my name is Chris, and yeah, I'm Queen's husband. I. I think we should have synced up our testimonies prior to, <laughs> prior to coming because I didn't know they were arguments. Um, <laughs> felt more like friendly discussions at the time. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm really happy to be here this morning, like in front of everyone. Um, for, for those who don't know, I've actually, I actually came to chapel. I had to look through some old photos yesterday. I started coming early 2014. So that was around nine years ago. and. Um, at that time, like I was, I was very young um, in, in my spiritual faith, my 
mother just moved back to Hong Kong permanently, and she left me to do what do whatever I wanted on Sundays. And initially, I didn't want to go to church. I kind of, I kind of um, did what I wanted, which was play basketball every Sunday. But God works in mysterious ways because one of my favorite restaurant joints is Windsor Barbecue in Chatswood. And if you don't know where that is, it's right across from the old Chatswood campus with a clear view into the church hall of Chatswood Chapel. So for a few weeks, like I played basketball in the afternoon and then went Windsor at uh, in the evening to eat, and at that time, church service was at 6.30. So I had a clear view, and I could see this, um, this community of people which, uh, which were ardently worshiping and passionately worshiping God, and I was like, they, they have something that I don't, even if uh, uh, historically I went to church, I didn't have that passion, and, and just seeing this young group of people just worship with this charismatic uh, pastor with a booming voice, uh, like from afar, it made me want to go. So, uh, yeah, that's that's when I decided uh, one week I'm, I'm just going to rock up, and best decision I've ever made. Like the community was very, very warm, very loving, very welcoming. A lot of positive adjectives to use there, and um, <coughs> um, nevertheless, like. Two years within going, I actually started a waiver, and uh, that's when I started working professionally, getting out of uni. Um, I started letting life priorities get in my way, uh, working, earning a salary, similar to many of the things which uh, my wife, Kui, mentioned, and I was definitely stagnating. Um, I wasn't growing spiritually, and as a result, um, I started to explore different churches. I went out there and different avenues to trying to reignite some of that passion. But I think my spiritual journey was aptly described by my church attendance, which was inconsistent at best. So um, I, would also, I would always set these earthly milestones, like if I achieved so-and-so salary, I'd be happy. And even if I did achieve them, the, the dopamine hits were temporary and fleeting at best. And uh, yeah, over, over the, those years, I was very lost and directionless from a spiritual perspective. And yeah, the most profound thing to happen to me in recent times was actually meeting Kui. And wow, according to her testimony, I was like a bedrock. <laughs> that was actually a catalyst for me um, strengthening my faith um, by, by th through those discussions. Um, yeah, li like she said, I met her in Saigon, Vietnam during the time I was on vacation, and it was just a chance meeting, and she was a friend of a friend. Um, but we, we, we quickly realized we liked each other, and it wasn't long we started a long-distance relationship. <laughs> she liked me first. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and uh, yeah, I, I gifted her a Bible and uh, the book called The Reason for God by Timothy Keller. Um, and I, I've read the book prior, but rereading it with her and her asking me those questions and having arguments over them um, really, uh, <clears throat> that, that really got me to reflect that, 
look, I, I think the theological knowledge is, is there. I just need to commit. I need to give up these worldly things in life. I can't keep hanging on. And, um, and yeah, over, over the, her asking me those questions also got me reinforcing my knowledge, um, whether that just be searching online to answer some of the simple questions she had, like, you know, why, why did God die for us? Or, um, or who is Jesus? Like, like simple questions like that. And then coming up with a simple answer, which would make sense to a secular non, non-Christian at the time. So, so those were some of my fondest memories, us having those discussions at the time. And um, fast forward two years later to 2022, Kui made the decision to move to Sydney to study her postgrad studies. Um, and um, I, I didn't want her to share my nomadic experience with church attendance. I really wanted her to find a, a nice place to kind of grow her faith in, similar to what she had back home in Vietnam. So I decided to return back to the chapel. And once again, the second best thing I did, apart from going to the chapel the first time. <laughs> um, and, and yeah, I, I've been here, um, yeah, I've been coming back since right before COVID. And it's been incredible getting to know, uh, know the people here. There's still a lot of people which I need to know better. Um, but, but yeah, I, I look forward to, to continuing this journey with everyone here. And, um, and yeah, to close, like the, one thing which I remind myself is, um, is the ending extract of uh, C.S. Lewis, uh, Lewis's book, Mere Christianity, which is, look for yourself and you'll find in the long run only hatred, loneliness, despair, rage, ruin, and decay. But look for Christ and you will find him and with him everything else thrown in. And while invariably, I will no doubt experience periods of self-interest, stagnation, and apathy, um, but I maintain faith that through this community here at the chapel, I'll be constantly reminded to, and challenged to stay on this path of spiritual growth and also to be a blessing in Jesus' name for this community and beyond. Thank you. Amazing. 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 I'm just going to ask Chris Quay and Ben to stand, and they're going to answer some questions to publicly declare what it is that um, they are deciding today. And the, the questions will be on the screen. Do you believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, and in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who sanctifies you with the Holy Spirit and gives you the kingdom of heaven and everlasting life? Do you truly and earnestly repent of your sins and determine to give up words, thoughts, and behaviors that are not according to God's will and the scriptures and accept Jesus Christ as your Savior? Are you going to live a holy life with the help of God for all the days of your life? Will you then obediently keep God's holy will and commandments and fulfill the duty of a member of the church with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your possession, with all your time, with all your ability? 
all the days of your life? Are you going to willingly and actively participate in the activities of mission, education and service in the church through the grace of God? Let me pray. Father, we just want to thank you for Ben, Chris and Quee. And as we hear the stories of how you have interwoven your goodness into their lives, Lord, as they publicly declare that it is you, Jesus, that they will follow. Lord, would their lives continue to be changed and be renewed by you? Lord, would this be the beginning of an amazing journey with you? And Lord, as the church, as the wider community would be encouraging to us and challenging to us to reconsider maybe where we stand with you as well whether it be an encouragement to come towards you and recommit to you. Lord, we thank you and we, uh, yeah, we lift them up into your hands. We praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Please be seated. Uh, I was going to finish. Sometimes you just kind of have to go with what's going on. And this is, you know, obviously it's a really special day, but um, not only, you know, like, Anyway, keep it together. Um, Today's a special day in many, many ways. And we as a church, we celebrate life because, you know, it's a gift from God. And, you know, there are these moments in life, and I will never forget today. You know, today's the day that, um, of course, yes, Cree, 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 (laughs) if you combine them, it becomes Cree. Um, Cree and Chris get baptized, but obviously Ben... My second son uh, being baptized. And I still remember when my first son, Chris, was baptized as well. Um, You know, as a father, like, what else do you want to hear? Dad, I got a good job. Dad, I've achieved success in life. Like, yeah, they're great things. You know, Dad, I earn a lot of money and I'd like to give you all my money. They are great things. (laughs) But do they compare? Do they even come close to dad? I'm going to follow Jesus. It's this, it's this, it's this like, guys, what is of first importance? What is the most important thing? As we finish, today is not just a special day because of baptism, but today is the day that for one person, it is their first day at church. And this is completely not planned. And I just got up and I just looked back and I see Ed and Nat. First time with baby. Not, not first time for you guys, but first time with brand new bubs. Erin, Erina, is that the pronunciation? She, how old is she now? A month. Four weeks. <sighs> Today is Erin's first day at church. And you're going to have the privilege to watch Erin grow from four weeks to four months to four years, 14. And one day, one day, hopefully, you're going to see Erin up here and she's going to share how she's made a decision to follow Jesus. I'm telling you now, Nat and Ed will not sit back and go, that's great. Now, straight to tutoring. You know, that's great. But you still got things to achieve. I'm telling you now, 
that is that is the most important decision that any person's going to have to make. And so, if it's okay, Aaron, if with Nat and Ed, do you guys want to come? Do you want to bring Aaron up? Don't wake her if she's sleeping. You can just roll the pram up. We just want to pray for Aaron. It's the first day of church, right? What a blessing. Don't clap. You might wake her. Don't wake up a sleeping baby. Ah, four weeks old. Look at mum and dad. Don't they look good for four-week old parents? Like, well done. Is she sleeping? I'm not going to wake her. Don't worry. She's so little. Hello. I don't want to even get near her. Don't wake her. Don't wake her. I'm going to pray. Let's pray. Father, we just want to thank you for this blessed day. Lord, we want to thank you for the gift of life, especially in the form of Erina. We thank you for the blessing of this beautiful baby into her family and into our community. Lord, we just pray for Nat and Ed as they enter into this new season of parenthood, that they would also be reminded today what is of first importance as they raise Erina. That she would not be raised as a good person, a good student, or a successful person, but that she would be raised as a follower, a disciple of Jesus. And then that would be, that would be the, the desire of the heart of Nat and Ed that would be the desire of all the uncles and aunties here at church, that we would love our children so that they would come to know Jesus. Lord, we thank you for this blessed day that we get to celebrate Erin's first day at church. And we look forward to meeting her and getting to know her and watching her grow, especially grow in, in, in her knowledge and her faith in you. And all this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Congratulations. I'll, I'll let you quietly, quietly head back. Oh, she's so little. Well done. So as we celebrate 10 years, and um, we're going to have time of offering, and then after the service, we're going to go outside, and we're going to have baptism, and it's not raining, praise the Lord. It's a little bit of sun, praise the Lord. The water's still cold. What can you do? I want to challenge you. And I want to remind you. What is of first importance to you? And where do you stand with God? On this day, as we get to celebrate 10 years, let's, as a community, let's not forget. Let's not forget what is of first importance, the most important thing. And that is to love God to love people, to make disciples. Let's be a church that not just for the first 10, but the next 10 will continue to live for that. Amen? Let's pray.